You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our exclusive coverage of Third Watch, the greatest television show in the history of the world. We are still on season one. We reached the seventh episode of that very first season. This episode is entitled Impulse. And as always, we've got plenty to talk about. And before I introduce my co-recapper with me, let me first off say my name is Ben and the ice under your scrawny ass is getting thinner. Hello, and we're back. Oh, yes. I'm so ready for this. And this again, this is Brandy and you can't baby proof the universe. <laughs> we can try, can't we? Uh, we can baby proof podcasting from not podcasting about third watch and we come along and make it better, right? That's what we're here to do. There we go, there we go. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> yeah. Try and, trying to segue it into that one, Brandy. I think that works, and we, we did well. But, uh, yeah, look, this is a another great episode to chat about. I mean, look, every episode of Third Watch is a great episode in its own way. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about this. And I just want to send a special shout-out to everybody who's been downloading these episodes because we're getting a lot more uh, downloads for these than we ever anticipated. It's it's actually quite interesting. At the time of recording this, um, they're actually among our most downloaded episodes, believe it or not. It's, it's actually really crazy to kind of see the statistics behind it. So uh, just, I mean, again, at the time of recording this, our, uh, our recap on the fourth episode of Hell is What You Make of It is actually our most downloaded episode ever, believe it or not even more so than our Survivor episodes. So uh, we uh, we oh. hope you're enjoying these as much as you're downloading them. So uh, thank you to everybody. <laughs> so I uh, just I just wanted to put that out there at the beginning of this episode, Brady. Well, thank uh, you, thank you. Because, you know, I don't get to see the like, statistics end of it. So that's pretty cool. I mean, it's always a good surprise for me when we get on to podcasts to hear, so, you know, hear what, how it's going. Yeah. And I've actually, I've even got, it's, it's interesting actually because um, sort of just through some random social media connections, I actually had somebody comment on a, an Instagram post of mine saying, oh, you podcast about Third Watch, that's awesome, you know, send me a link. And uh, it's kind of, it's weird to kind of get these fans out of the woodwork, which is just fantastic. So, uh, you know, if you're listening to these, you're a fan of the show, clearly I'm assuming you're a fan of Third Watch, that's why you're listening to it. Uh, we, we obviously appreciate it. And again, as always, we, as we say at the end of the episode, generally, I just thought I'd take this time to say it at the beginning of the episode as well. If you've got any questions, comments, or anything you want to sort of talk to us about when it comes to this show, please email us, theoznetwork at hotmail.com. We're on Facebook, everything along those lines. We'll, of course, uh, retag that for you at the end of this episode. But we're here to talk about Impulse, as I said. Um, and it's, again, a fairly interesting episode that starts off straight away with our favourite police officer, or at least one of the four of them, Sully. He's with Davis's mum. We see Maggie again. Isn't that sweet? Um, and, I mean, there's sort of not a whole lot going on here, but I kind of find it sweet that we it's their, their relationship. And we find out that, and I completely forgot this, to be honest. I've seen this episode so many times, but... We find out that Sully was engaged at one point uh, to Kathleen, um, which, I mean, that's never brought up again. Brandy, I don't know if you remember that Sully was engaged at one point. No, I don't remember. I only remember his future wife. Oh, that's yes. it. That's, that's it. <laughs> so this is news. Well, not news, but yeah, it's definitely, now that we're like, we're watching it for details like this, it's kind of news. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to get this sort of this background story, but obviously we're hearing, you know, Maggie, she hasn't really had much as well, uh, you know, not since obviously Ty's dad died, uh, haven't been to a movie in a while, hint, hint, it just basically looks like they're getting along very, very well, uh, but I guess... 
yeah, well, exactly. I guess I guess the main thing too we find out here, though, of course, for the first time we find out that Davis uh, was very much looking like he'll be a lawyer. Uh, he graduated Fordham Law, full scholarship, and uh, he's basically deferred a year essentially to become a cop. And Maggie's worried that he's following in his father's footsteps too much. And I mean, this does play into it a little bit. I know we talked a little bit about Davis in the last episode about his development, but. Um, you know, there seems to be a bit of an ongoing thing about Davis and what he could have done, and he's obviously a very smart guy, but very much wants to be a cop. So uh, I find it kind of interesting that we're getting this bit of a background about Davis that we hadn't learnt up until this point before. You know, it's it's exciting. Actually, this is one of my favourite episodes in terms of, like, the humour with mm-hmm. Davis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just the fact that it's one of those, like... Sally and his mom are close friends, you know, because of the, the, the dad. Yeah. And, um... I just like the humor because you don't. I don't know. I just see it's a different side of Davis. It's different. I feel like this is when he gets kind of more comfortable as the episodes go on as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, we get to know more of him. Completely agree. So. And there's, there's, there is some really good stuff in this episode with Sally and Davis. So yeah, I'm looking forward to to getting to that. Sort of after we've seen this opening scene between these two, though, we uh we've got a fire. It means Jimmy's got something to do. Yay, Jimmy! Still finding random things to do. Um. And we basically, this fire, this car's on fire, uh, Jimmy's trying to put it out, uh, we get a bit of Davis and Sully here, <laughs> you know, talking about middle-aged, uh, and sort of try to define what middle-age is, uh, we also then see Kim and Bobby, do we, uh, no, we don't, oh, we do, there's, there's no, that's kind of, I'm getting ahead of myself, we've got to see the, um, the fact that there is a body in the boot. Yes. God, where am I going here, Brandy? Yeah, I was like, wait, wait, you forgot about the body. Yeah, I'm just forgetting about <laughs> this very important aspect of this episode. So, <laughs> Kim and Bobby are to come. Don't get too excited. So, basically, yes, they pop the trunk. The body. There's a body in there. Uh, we see um, the fact that there's a young guy who's saying that there was a, another guy involved and he has to go with Bosco and Yokus because uh, he's the only witness. And Davis, seeing his first dead body, basically says, oh, it's stinky. Uh, I should say burnt dead body. And the Sally, what's Sally's line saying? Like, oh, you see a few of these and you, you never look at barbecue the same way again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet. Which, that was his line. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, look, I know we've talked a lot about this before about, you know, I guess their line of work sort of is what they get used to. And it's kind of that good balance, isn't it? That for someone like Davis, who I guess is kind of us, we're sort of like, wow, this is, you know, a horrific thing to see a, a burnt body like this. It obviously really smells. And yet, you know, Sally's just seen it all. He's just like, eh, yeah, another burnt body. What, what are you going to do? <laughs> I just, I love, I love it because he, he has that. He's just like this, wait for it. Like, Davis, okay, we're like, what, in our seventh episode? And Davis has been on job for how long? Have uh, they said how long he's been on the job? For? Several months by now, yeah. Yeah, several months, I think. Yeah, but I know it wasn't six months, or maybe it has been now. But um, it's just funny because throughout the episodes, you see him not listening. It's like, He's still learning. He still has all this new, like, this, this new sense he has to find. And so he's just like, oh, this is new. Or, oh, this is just, this is, this is just old. You know, this yeah. is what it is. <laughs> it's just, it's interesting to see that. It's, you know, I just love how Sully just reacts. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with you. I mean, th- this episode, I should mention, it's kind of, we've, we've obviously been talking a lot about how there seems to be a, a focus on, uh, you know, certain characters, sort of the main star of the, this is This is one of those random episodes I feel that, you know, there's big plot lines involved and intertwined so much that it'd be hard maybe to even single out who are the stars of this episode. You mean, you might argue Carlos, kind of, just with what happens with him. 
Um, but, you know, you could put in an argument there. It, it could be around sort of Sully and Davis. It could be around uh, Bosco, obviously, just with what happens to him towards the end. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very evenly spread episode. I guess the one person who's definitely not the star of this episode is Jimmy. Uh, because you know we haven't we kind of well he's hot so he has well, that going for him no matter yeah. what he's good you <laughs> can set him aside on himself and he'll be okay that's a side note we always need to put with jimmy it's like oh jimmy's not doing anything but he's hot it's okay such a hard life eddie sibling yeah. has obviously led being that a damn attractive um so yeah, kind of intertwining here. I mean, we get a, we get a bit of Kim and Bobby. I guess kind of the Kim and Bobby storyline really just relates to the fact that uh, you know, as we met the other episode, Bobby's brother Maddie's coming out, and uh, you know, Bobby's trying to set up his apartment for him. Kim's kind of a bit skeptical. We get some. I'm probably just going to go over the Kim and Bobby stuff right now because there's not a whole lot really for them. Um, you know, Bobby's going around to to Maddie's old. Joints. He goes to that bar and he meets that guy. When he speaking of bar, that guy keeps going bah bah. What does he say? Like, what are you here to warn the farmers to lock up their sheep? <laughs> oh my gosh, that dude was so annoying. He kept doing that. I was just hoping Bobby would have punched him. Yeah. <laughs> just like, shut up, just shut up. I, just, I just think it's kind of so random with this bah bah. He is random. But I mean, it's, it's, it's sweet to see Bobby kind of going out of his way, isn't it, to kind of, you know, protect Maddie, because he doesn't want him to re-offend, obviously. I feel like that's his way of saying that Bobby is kind of weak, you know, like, he's just like, well, like, you're just, you're, we're not worried about you, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's like he should punk him, you know, and well, it was annoying, it was just annoying, like, I found that scene just annoying, like, I just was like, I just wanted Bobby to sh- punch him and shut him up. I do like just- Kim, I do like Kim standing up for herself what does what that guy say like oh is this a new piece of ass or something like that and she's just like excuse me <laughs> you know it's like it's, at no point do we see Bobby kind of protecting her because she doesn't clearly need protecting at all um, she, she, she's about to take she's about to kick some ass yeah she was gonna do the punching there you, you know I think don't worry about Bobby punching this guy she was <laughs> that's not worth it it's like damn you go girl <laughs> I love it. I love it. There you go. You just said you, you love know, it with Kim Raver in the same sentence. This is the first time I think you defended Kim all season. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, I love Kim, but I, I, I do forget her progress over the episode. So I'm excited to see, like, you know, season two, season three, because I do kind of forget some of her progress. But, I mean, I do remember Bobby Pro. I do remember, like, how it was with Bobby, and I think that's why I'm so hard on her now. But as we go on, I'm sure like talk more good and love her more because she is so she is a lovable character, you know. I mean, Kim is one of the best characters on the show. It's just in the beginning she is a bitch though, so <laughs> I'll just put that out there. The the one extra bit I will add with Bobby and Kim, I mean, we can't ignore this scene just because it's so random but so funny. Uh, is when they come across this old guy what passed out in the subway, <laughs> Bobo. Uh, no, Mr. Williams. No, no, call me Bobo. Uh, basically goes on to tell this story about a little chippy from the senior centre popping the blue bombers. You know, I'm like the Empire State Building, the Space Needle, the Eiffel Tower. And, you know, Kim's just like, yeah, come on, what's this got to do with anything? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm getting to this. And, you know, tells a story about, for some reason, he panics because the woman wants to get on top. So he runs out of there and then he passes out in the subway and we get this completely random line from Bobby who says, you mean to tell me men get used to being on top? Now, I've never gotten this scene, Brandon. Like, I know it's kind of funny. It's a bit of light humor. But it, it, it just it makes no sense. Like, what is this something I'm missing that 
it's weird for women to be on top. I don't want to analyse this too much on that side of things, but like, I'm like, why is this a funny thing? I, know, I never got it either. It's kind of random. I mean, is it weird for women to be on top? You said. Well, that's kind of what I'm implying. Like, is this a, is this an American I mean, thing? Or? I don't know. I'll be like, because I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Oh god. Well, you answer that however you want to. I don't want to get too personal here, but it's just kind of like it's. I just, <laughs> That's why I'm like, no comment. But Bobby's reaction, I think, kind of sums it up. The way he's like, you need to tell me that men get used to being on top. But why is this old guy so freaked out about that? Like, I love the way he's like, she wanted to get on top, so I ran out of there. I'm like, dude, what is your problem? He's always had his thing, like, a certain way, and then he's probably like, no female's going to take control of me. I don't know. True. True. I just... I feel like whatever I say right now could just be different. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I just had to mention that scene. I mean, that that's kind of wraps Bobby and Kim up already. We don't really need to talk to, about them too much this episode because, you know, it's really not a whole lot of them. Um, but, yeah, just had to mention that scene. Uh, back to the fire, though. Uh, yeah, we've kind of got uh, Sully and, and Davis are asking around the, the homeless people in terms of, you know, did they see anything? And by this stage, of course, Bosco and Yokos have already taken the witness, the young guy that they saw. And then I like, um, the homeless guy obviously says, well, hey, you've already got the guy. You know, the guy that, you know, the skinny mean cop <laughs> took him away. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. The skinny mean the skinny cop. Mean I love cop. It. Put him in the car. So he's like, Bosco. <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight away, straight away. So, of course, at this point, uh, it, you know, this young guy clearly is just playing up to the witness card. He's the one who uh, lit the car on fire and killed this girl. So, uh, we cross back to Yokus and Bosco. This guy, his name is Jason Evans, we should mention that. He's uh, asked if he can quickly call into his place of work to let them know that he'll be late because he's obviously just helping out the uh, the police. But, of course, by this stage, they've just found out that uh, he really is the suspect and they've let him go. And I will say, it's it's a very... I love the way this scene is filmed. When they sort of get out of the car, you see Bosco and Yoko's running through the restaurant and you hear them talk, but you don't actually see them. And then you see him go from one side of the restaurant out of the kitchen. Like, it's very well done. Um, so, yeah, we've obviously got this point where this is leading up to something because it's pissed Bosco off. The fact that, uh, you know, he's had the suspect in the car and he didn't realise that. Uh, well, so. And just to, like, fast forward a little bit, I do love it because, like, he did piss Bosco off. And I will say, like, one of my favourite parts about this plot right here, this whole mess right here is, like, when Bosco says, and this is later on, but when he does say, like, he made a fool of me. I was going to give him an ass kick it. I knew it and he knew it. Yep. <laughs> he was going to get ass kick it. In, and I just love that part. Just how you said it. <laughs> like he knew it and I knew it. Like when I found him, it was on, you know. And uh, later on, but that's just what he's saying. Like you know, the end. We don't. Yeah. It's definitely the way it's kind of done. Like you know, we've talked a lot about Bosco about how kind of he kind of talks a lot about this sort of stuff, but you've never really seen it in action. And obviously, we're going to see a little bit of that in this action. But just, I mean, a kind of a quick sort of tie and throw out that I, I, you know, we get a sort of a, a word about the few episodes ago, obviously. Uh, around the, the kid that Yokus and Bosco were dealing with that led to, obviously, Yokus uh, leaving the, the gang member behind and ultimately dying. We hear that that kid that they first dealt with, uh, his throat that got slashed, he, he survived. So they obviously read that in the paper. So that was kind of... I forgot that we kind of did get another reference to that in a future episode. Um, meanwhile, we see uh, Carlos and Doc 
And uh, what are they? They're talking about Morales, or they see Morales, or something like that. And what's Doc's line? She gets any hotter for you, her thong will melt. Uh, <laughs> I do like that line. Um, but yeah, so then obviously Carlos wants to drive again, and we only saw this a couple of episodes ago. It didn't really t- turn out um, too well for him. We'll get back to that in just a second because we cr- we cut to Sully and Davis who are riding the tickets on the car, and. Um, this is kind of one of the, the humor bits when, like, you know, Davis is basically saying, don't, don't date my mom. Are you going to, you know, what are you doing? And sort of they're talking and everything. <laughs> what does um, Sully say something about, like, oh, you know, sorry, we weren't talking about that. I was, I was trying too hard to get into your mum's pants. <laughs> he was like, that's not funny. I love that's Davis's not- reaction. Davis is so, you know, that's not funny. That's not funny. And he's like, lighten up. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not going to see her again, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I love just that kind of I random mean, throwaway scene. That's what I was just talking about. Like, we get to see some of Davis, like, the humor between Davis and Sully. And, like, I feel like now, by now, Davis is more comfortable. He's more, like, himself. Because in the first few scenes, he was just more like a rookie. Like, Sully's, like, partner's child, kid, you know, son. Now he's, like, I feel like he's becoming to his own self. Like, what, what is this, episode seven? Yeah. yeah. So, around this episode, I feel like we're getting more and more of Davis. Like, he's becoming his own self. I mean, we see it in the other episodes. He's starting to take care of control a little bit. It's, some situations that I was, you know, but I don't want to like spoil anything, so I'm gonna stop talking. I definitely, I definitely <laughs> agree with you. I definitely think it's interesting to kind of see this with Davis, and you know, I think his mother's sort of coming into it. He's definitely helping that because, yeah, it's, it's kind of obviously him and Carlos develop a certain way, and we, you know, they're the newbies in this whole sort of crew, so we're learning a lot about them along the way. I mean, speaking of Carlos, we we cut back to him. He's uh, driving. And uh, I sort of love, you know, Doc, you know, just kind of telling him what to do. And what does he say at one point? Like, I often try to think of the stupidest thing that some people can do and just assume that they're going to do it. Um, and then basically it leads to Carlos has it. They have the crash. Uh, this car fails to, to give way to an emergency vehicle and also runs a red light. So there's a massive crash. This car flips on its roof into a car park. And, um, you know, sadly, we then find out that this woman is pregnant and they're, you know, Carlos clearly filming, feeling extremely guilty about the situation. Jimmy comes in. Jimmy's got something else to do besides looking sexy. Um, and then, uh, Carlos interestingly makes that promise to her when she's, you know, oh, I don't want to lose my baby. And Carlos says like, oh, you know, we, we won't let that happen. I promise. And we see that, uh, look from Doc, obviously. So, you know, we get this kind of, um, you know, scene. She's, uh, what is she? 22 weeks pregnant, I feel. Um, 22. 22, yep. So, we get them uh, rushed back to the hospital. Meanwhile, we, we cut back to the police station. Uh, Bosco and Yokus uh, talking about this, uh, the guy getting away, about Jason getting away. They go up to the desk. Bosco just running his mouth as he usually does, talking about like, oh, you know, I can't believe it, just burn her to a crisp, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, uh, her parents, the girls, the victim's parents just happened to be standing there. Oh, man, Bosco, man. Yeah. I'm just like, Bosco, Bosco. At that one point, I just was, I hope that somebody came out and just yelled at him because I just felt so bad for the girl's parents. Like, you can't, you just put an image in their mind. It's pretty coincidental, like... If you're in a police station and you're called there about your child, you don't want to assume the worst straight away. And in a big police station, you know, we're in New York City, uh, you know, for two cops, I mean, again, they could have easily been talking about anybody else. Like, do you automatically just assume that you hear cops talking about, like, a, a dead body that's going to be your, your child? Well, when someone says, like, Bosco, 
Bosco and they're motioning to the parents over there, you kind of assume like I'm right. talking about my kid. I mean, he was motioning like Bosco, Bosco. I mean, that just gives you all the hints right there, like to shut up. Yeah, it seems it does seem to be a thing in these next few episodes that you know we really get a lot of Bosco running his mouth. <laughs> uh, uh, gee, absolutely, you just I love when Cam at one point is just like Bosco one time. Yeah, think. yeah, just That's one like, time. Think, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, obviously, you know, we get the, the parents and they're sort of saying, like, you know, she wasn't from a broken home. We gave her everything. And they obviously know it's Jason. They've obviously had issues with that. But uh, we'll get back to that because we're back to the hospital. The the woman in the accident, she she delivers the baby. Uh, this is a really confronting scene because it's, it's very well done in terms of um, the realism, I guess you would say. You know, this woman delivers a baby. She's so concerned and everything about the baby. And then, you know, Morales, they just take this baby out and just put it aside and kind of just, you know, basically just shove it there. It's just left there, isn't it? Um, and then, you know, they take this woman away. And whoever this actress is, I want to I want to find out who what her name is. I'm going to try and see this right now because she's, she's a really good actress. Uh, I don't know if we actually get her, her name mentioned or anything at all. But... Um, yeah, and then obviously Carlos is sort of watching, he's still feeling guilty, and uh, we see this, uh, you know, the baby, and they're basically not going to try working on it because, you know, they're saying it's, you know, never had a chance. But um, Carlos sees it move or breathe, and some other doctors walk in, and they go to save it. And this is kind of the Carlos doc plot line, the fact that Carlos has essentially made them try to save this baby, and uh, even though, you know, Morales has essentially said, well, there's no chance. So, it's, I mean, it's very confronting stuff, this whole sequence, I feel. It is. And um, I would I would say it's hard to, like, it's definitely, it's one of those confronting ones. It's very emotional. And it's one of those, like, it's a hard decision. Because, you know, those people out there, you got to make those decisions every day as well. And, oh, man, Carlos, Carlos, Carlos. Mm. I don't want to give, but I just... I see, I see Dr. Morales and I see Carlos' side to this whole story right here, you know, and I don't, I don't know if you want to go into it now or if you should wait a little bit more until we get deeper in. Oh, look, we can get into it. I mean, I guess we can sort of cover all this off. I mean, essentially what, you know, happens with this whole plot line is, you know, we learn that, uh, you know, Morales finds out and just basically, you know, berates Carlos basically saying how, you know, he's ruined people's lives because, you know, he's making this woman and her husband down in Florida have hope. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, it's this plot line there and Carlos obviously feeling extremely guilty about this and, you know, even Doc's kind of, you know, what did you do? What did you do? And Carlos just basically saying like, look, I'm not going to let this baby, you know, do, you know, it's got a chance. I sort of breathe. And sadly, obviously this baby does eventually die. And this woman, basically the mother, she has the day from hell because then she'll eventually end up getting a ticket for, you know, um, basically going through the red light and, and failing to vote, which is never touched on. Like, why did she run the red light? Is that touched on? I don't know if that's ever mentioned. I, I wondered that. I was wondering that, too. I was like, was she having contractions from the moment, or did, was she, like, did she have Because I was thinking, like, why did she run that red light? Because it was like, oh, she didn't yield when she heard the, uh, the, uh, the sirens, but she was coming from the other direction, and yeah. why did she run it? You know I mean? So it was like, I don't know. I thought about that, too, but <laughs> who knows yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting i don't know maybe she wasn't thinking i mean pregnancy brain it's kind of like you know like chemo brain like just certain things when you have like certain things happen in your body sometimes just i don't know yeah i'm trying to find a for her 
her. Well, but, it's, I mean, it's obviously she just basically ends up having the day from hell and she has to turn the life support off for this baby. She can't wait for her husband anymore. And kind of, I guess, kind of with that, we we get, um, you know, throughout this with Doc and Carlos, like we get uh, Carlos and apologising to Morales, which is an interesting scene. And then we obviously hear, you know, Morales isn't going to report him or anything along those lines. And basically he, she kind of apologises and says like, well, hey, you know, I didn't think that baby had any chance. So, you, you know, you had to you had to risk it. And then, I mean, sort of really jumping ahead, the final scene in the, the whole episode is, uh, you know, Doc offering to go out for a beer with Carlos, which is kind of the first time it's been around the other way, isn't it? You know, that like, hey, Doc, you know, he wants to do something for Carlos. The, the bit that I don't understand, though, is when, like, he's trying to be polite and helpful, but then Doc turns around and says, you did do the wrong thing. And then he's like, see you tomorrow. And that's what pissed me <laughs> off. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let us talk about that. Because it was like, Carlos was like, I mean, Doc was like, hey, you want to go get some drinks? Carlos was like, nah, man. He's already feeling fucked. He's already feeling crappy as hell. Yeah. More, no more fear than he can feel. And then Doc does turn around like, we well, did the wrong thing. It's like, Doc, shh. At that moment, I feel like that didn't need to be there. I wish Carlos would have turned around. But like, you know what, dude? I know. <laughs> I know. I wish he would have stood up to Doc at that moment. Because I just didn't get that scene either. And at first, yeah, you're mad at Carlos. But then you realize, like, we have not seen Carlos be mature in a while and this is like the first say i mean first episode we actually get to see a mature side of carlos and then just to hear that from doc and like morales i like that morales apologized to him as well but don't do she said but i didn't expect a heartbeat but don't do that again don't overstep my boundaries because you know my name was on that chart and it could have made me look bad as a doctor you know i get that and so he felt really shitty but yeah i agree with you i don't know why doc why he had to go and be like, you know what you did today was wrong. It, it seems out of place. It just it just seems too random and out of place, you know what I mean? Like, to have an apologetic scene that he's, yeah, like, you're right. Like, he's kind of... He was... He's feeling shit as that can be. Yeah. It's just, it's just interesting how he does it. But, um, you know, they've still got a very interesting relationship, these two, at the moment. It is. When he didn't even want to go, like... I mean, what got me was, like, when he sat at the subway. That was such a good scene. It was such a good acting. Like, he didn't want to go home because at that point... You- no matter where you go, you feel shitty. So you just sit down and you're just like, you don't know what to do at yeah. that moment. I, it was such a, a good acting moment because that's, I've been there in real life. I mean, a lot of people have been there where they just don't even know what to do. And so. Yeah. It's, yeah. Know, props to, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, I guess. Like, uh, just you know, it's 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 a, it's a powerful storyline. It is, and uh, I guess also it's kind of slowly humanizing Morales, isn't it? I mean, we've kind of only seen real bitch Morales, and um, I think it's really at this point, kind of in the next few episodes, we kind of get to see, I guess, this whole quote bitch aspect of Morales really calm down, and really from this point on, I think she's just calm Morales and. We like Morales now. She's no longer the, uh, what'd you call her? Mega bitch. Me- she was I think me- you she called her a mega bitch, didn't you? Are you blaming me? No, or? you called her that. You said she was just a mega <laughs> bitch at one point. And, I, and then I was like, I agreed. And then I said, Kim was the mega bitch. <laughs> ah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Anywho, yeah. Um, no, I like seeing Dr. Morales. We're going to get to see a lot more of her, you know, playing a part in Doc's life. And, like, just being a good doctor over our all. And yeah. um, Lisa Vidal, she is Awesome. I'm so happy she's in this show. I mean, I love some of her movies, so it's good to see her play a character in one of the most awesome shows ever created, you know? Yeah, and the one thing, actually, I will say, just kind of in all that uh, exchange, is her line that she says to Carlos, you know, you're a glorified taxi driver. Like, ouch. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I was like, where was Doc when she said that? Because I was like, okay. Yeah. If Doc had heard that, 
well, this is just TV, but if Doc had heard that, do you think he would have, I don't know, been more nice to her as he is now? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was, definitely. He wasn't just talking about Carlos. She was talking about Doc, Kim, Bobby, everyone in that field. I was like, oh. Very brutal. Very brutal. But, yeah, as I said, it kind of it lightens up a little bit here from Morales. But uh, So that's kind of that story. Actually, I, I, I did uh, kind of feel a little bit uh, mean in what I've just said about Jimmy saying he's really got nothing to do. How could I forget the very iconic boy in a tree storyline from this uh-huh. episode? <laughs> this, this, to me, okay, I'm going to say this. This seems so out of place. It's like... We've, we've touched on a little bit of Jimmy and, you know, he's supposedly a bad father with Joey. Like, it's it's been touched on. But this just is one of these things that I feel is a little bit forced. It's kind of like, it's not like this is an episode centred around, you know, Jimmy's, quote, bad fathering. It just, it's like, let's shove in a bit of Jimmy. We've got to kind of, you know, put the irony in here that he's helping a little boy in a tree who doesn't like doing what his dad does. So let's kind of shove in, you know, a bit of Kim in there going off at him. I, I, I really do not like this sequence. It's always kind of annoyed me. It just feels out of place. Uh, you know, this little boy in the tree, like, he's a good actor. I'm not saying it's anything against the boy. Uh, you know, Jimmy getting him down. It's like, cool. But, you know, kind of him then basically saying this father, do what your son wants to do. And then Kim is just like, you can't even see the irony. And the way, Jimmy's just like, well, don't start on me, Kim. Jesus. Um, it's kind of... Dad. Yeah. Dad is a douche. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the daddy's a douche. The dad yes. A, yes. <laughs> he's a douche. I'm just like, I'm going to tell you right now, you was a douche. I didn't like that. But I will say one beautiful thing that came from this scene was at the end when, you know, Jimmy had Joey and he was, she, he was like, can I take keep him for the night? And Kim's like, huh? What? You want to keep him for the night? And he's like, yeah, he want to go get pancakes. That's what he said he want to do. And I just thought that was sweet because, yeah. you know, it's like a little moment where, like, you see a little maturity in Jimmy. I will say, like, that was awesome. That came from the scene, but not yet. The scene was kind of random. I agree. It was kind of random. I agree. That bit, yeah. bit's nice, and you know when he says like, "I think I even have fruit." Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love that because, yes, you know, I love that because it, it shows that he's like, "I think I even have fruit," but it's cool to see that. But then Jimmy, at the same time, man, I hate how he makes Kim look like a bad per- like a bad person. Because he's always a fun parent. <laughs> so, yeah. One one thing you know. one thing I will quickly mention uh, in all the sort of the Doc and Carlos stuff we saw before we got a a, a glimpse of our favourite Dana uh, just being useless. Uh, <laughs> just thought I would add her in there. Oh man, she's gonna hate us more than Kim does. Nah, she she's one of the ones who's gone on to do stuff. So <laughs> she's not listening to this show. <laughs> we love you, Dana. Not really. <laughs> What is, it, what is her name? Yeah, what is her name again? So- um, uh, bear with me, bear with me, bear with me. <laughs> I should have really had this prepared. Now she's a running joke. Um, uh, yeah, cool. I'll get, I'll get back to you there, Brandy. <laughs> she can come back and haunt us and be like, you know, she's like best friends with any of the cast members. Monica be Trombetta. Like, well, Monica Trombetta. There it is. <laughs> She could be like, well, don't interview with them because they were talking about me. Just kidding. <laughs> just, just had to put our, our general useless uh, Dana in there. Uh, we get, uh, what do we get here? Where Bosco and Yokus, they find the kids on the street sort of knowing uh, Jason and then we find out that the girl's name is Gina, and then, you know, Bosco basically shoving the dead body photo in their faces, like, this will be you, and when your old buddy Jason's standing over you with a lighter, just remember, you didn't help us. Like, it's very brutal, but I guess it's kind of a good way of it's doing it, right? brutal, I don't know why what I took, I took something from, away from that scene, but it was different than any of that. It was the whole, 
Yoke it, focus. <laughs> Yokis. <laughs> That's so hard. Faith, I was about to say. No, but uh, Yokis, she was like, oh, you're back out already? He's like, yeah. You know, like his dad had beat him up. And I don't know. I just took that scene. I was just like, well, yeah, no shit. These kids are not going to help you because you guys, like, I don't know. The cops have to do their job, of course. You know, if you're underage and you're on the streets and they catch you, they got to go back to their parents' house regardless. But... Yeah, I kind of get it. It's like, yeah, why would I help you if you put me back in that messed up situation? And so the dude had like, he was really like, I don't want to help you guys at all. <laughs> so I mean, I don't, I don't know that that touched that. I guess that one stuck out to me a little bit more than the Bosco pit in their face. He's like, just remember, you didn't help us, and that is true though. Yeah, and what does he use the line when you're charcoal baguette or something like that, like? Almost spit out my coffee, yeah. Yeah, he's being very brutal. Uh, meanwhile, kind of, I guess this is, it's well timed. Like we we talked a few episodes ago about the one where uh, the woman, you know, eventually killed her husband, and kind of felt a little bit out of place with the Sully and Davis kind of storyline. How they had such a good ending, and all of a sudden it's sort of going back to Sully's, you know, whole we're solving problems matter. This one, I think it definitely works though because you know it kind of definitely connects both storylines. So we then meet this uh, guy who's got a baseball bat and he's smashing the shit out of a car um in come the police and uh you know we're hearing that uh he's making all these car payments and you know basically sally's trying to talk him down and you know he's doing what he does and then this guy just doesn't want to listen he's obviously one of these um you know people who just clearly is what does that uh, sally even say at one point like you know this guy hates his life he's having a bad day you know so he's taking it out on everyone so you know he's smashing the car up with a baseball bat jumps down it's like you take that uh what badge and gun off and uh you know fight me like a man or something like that and uh sally's like no thanks and he's like yeah because you know i'll kick your ass and he's like probably uh, <laughs> like i love how sally's so calm and then um i like it when he's uh, like then uh davis is trying to arrest him and he's just being mouthy you know talking what he's saying like you know your mum is a hoe right and then like davis is just like getting so angry and then even when Sally sort of, when he throws the baseball bat, it's like, calm down, he didn't throw it at you. Um, so then basically it all leads into, you know, this guy again, just is not cooperative, gets in the car and he spits on Sully. And then kind of, we get this great exchange between Bosco and Sully. Like, you know, Bosco clearly would just kick this guy's ass. Like, he's not going to hold back and be rough and brutal. Where Sully, you know, is the old dog calm. And, you know, the way like Bosco says, like, you're going to let him get away with that. And then I love that line that uh, they both exchange in. What does Sully say? Like, you can beat a dog and make it stay, but it's fear, not respect. And then the way Bosco turns around and goes and says, who cares as long as it doesn't bite? Like, wow, it's just kind of like they're they're completely (laughs) conflicting policing styles are spread out right there on the screen. And then Davis, of course, he's the new guy here. He has no idea. So he's kind of like, you know, maybe Bosco's right. And then Sully's kind of like, why? You know, this guy hates his life. And obviously this is going to come back very soon uh so we'll get to that because just remember that bosco wants to beat this guy sully's essentially saying nope you can't do this uh but i mean i don't know if you got anything else to add on kind of this exchange and everything that we've just seen but i mean it's it's a very well done scene i feel it's it plays a very big part in this, this whole conflicting styles with the cops i mean because if you think about it, this is i feel like it was to show like what police officers deal with in real life you know i mean yeah, on one hand, he'd spit on Sully in front of, what, 50 people, he said? And it's like, well, you let one person go with it. How do you think they're going to expect, how are they going to come at us next time? And then Sully at the same time was like, well, do you really want to beat them and make them hate us even more? But I, it's like, I get it, because, like, 
with the situation in America, real talk, I mean, it's, it really means, it really does, I mean, I'm trying to find a way to put this. I mean, it makes a difference. I mean, I feel like that's how we got where we are now in America. Like, you know, cops do their jobs, right? And they're hated already. But then if they don't get respect, sometimes they go overboard because they want to get that respect. And sometimes the only way to, like, make someone not do something is to, like, make them fear them, you know? It's not respect. It's fear. But it's it does speak on what's going on right now and what's been going on. So I love, I love, I do love this episode for that. It's not just, I, that's what I like about Third Watch. It's not just a show. It, truly is realistic at some time and i completely agree and it definitely shows that kind of line that with the police that yeah exactly as you're right like they need to have that level of authority and hope that people respect them but then you've got people like this guy who just have no respect no matter what you know he's just gonna spit on them and all that sort of stuff and you've got to think of that kind of you know in that situation it's like it's, it's disgusting it's it's terrible that you've got people like this who just don't respect it and I'm, in no way am i saying that the police are ever completely innocent of course they're not we kind of get that at the end of this episode with what bosco does but it's just it's, it's it is that fine line in terms of just how you know yeah and that's why i think the summary there with the way bosco and sally kind of have that exchange about the dog example it's kind of yeah it's definitely um, yeah. realistic, as you said. I agree, because there's a few of them, you know, because I met good cops and bad cops here, you know, and most for the most part, I met really good ones, but it sucks because, yeah, it's like, I know people who would hurt, hurt a cop in a heartbeat, like, I know of people, and so I get I get it, though, because, like, sometimes you, I see why some cops go overboard, cause probably because they've been so fed up and they've seen so much that they feel like the only way to get someone to, like, not hurt them or to respect them is to, like, just you know, just go overboard and do something like that, like Bosco wants to do, you know? And yeah. at the same time, I do like the whole balance of the balance of this episode because we see the other side, like Solly's all calm, but then we see another side where, what if they do go overboard, you know? And so I feel like what Faith says at the end is the best. And I will get to that, you know, oh, when for we sure. get to that. For but sure. I love what she says to Davis. Yeah. Definitely agree. Definitely yeah. agree. So, yeah. kind of in between here and there, just a few other bits to touch on before we sort of get to this um, end bit. I do, I do love the whole. It kind of just, you know, serious things aside, just got a bit of a funny bit where Davis and Sully are attending this uh, what car accident with the taxi driver who keeps calling Davis Your Majesty. And then he keeps saying about, um, you know, look, I'll, look, I'll protest, you know, while she wasn't the crosswork, you know, the yellow means slow. Um, and then it's kind of like, you know, you still can't hit people with your car. I just love that random taxi driver. Um, and then, you know, to really date this episode, Sully's got a beeper. And it's like, I don't recognize this number. Reads out the number. It's obviously, uh, you know, Maggie calling. <laughs> And basically, we learn that he's ready to go out to a midnight movie. And, you know, Davis is just basically like, you know, dude, you can't go out to a midnight movie with my mum. And then Sally's like, well, look, it's not a date. We're not, I'm not paying for her. Um, so, you know, just a kind of a nice little throwaway scene there. Uh, and then kind of crossing back to Yokus and, and Bosco. Uh, you know, Yoka's basically saying Sully's right, and then Bosco, again, he's just, he's mad, you know, he spat on a police officer, and Sully kind of, you know, ah, sorry, Yoka's is going on about it. Uh, what is it? I love Bosco's line, justice delayed is justice denied. That's kind of a, a strong line. And then, and then I love how Bosco, and it's, it's a very good point that Bosco makes, the way he says, like, oh, what, we can only dish out street justice when you think it is appropriate, because, you know, obviously, we've seen Yoka's is willing to basically get a man killed, uh, you know, when Bosco really at this point hasn't really done anything, so that we've seen no, at least. Really, 
you know, and remember how we talked about like we didn't think it was mentioned, but now that we're watching, like we watching episodes, like actually like get into like details yeah. about it, I realized it is mentioned a bit more. You know, at first I was like, no, after that after that episode it wasn't mentioned, but yeah, it is. But I don't think it's mentioned like too much afterwards. No, but. no. I mean, it's it's definitely just a few loose mentions here and there. Yeah, you're right. Um, so it's um. It's interesting. I mean, I like how they do that. I like that continuity aspect with it. But I mean, it's it's just a very interesting exchange because again, it all comes down to, and as kind of you alluded to there with this speech, we'll eventually get to with Yokus to Davis, uh, kind of just you know what type of police officers they all are. But we're in the car. We we hear that they've found the murder suspect. They've found Jason. So of course, Bosco and Yokus are straight there. And, uh, yeah, they eventually catch him and Bosco's like, let me out, let me out, come here, you little bastard. Um, and then, you know, Chase chases him and then, of course, we get this sequence where, yeah, Bosco just basically starts, uh, bashing the absolute crap out of him, uh, very brutally. And, uh, you know, they have to all pull him off him and, uh, basically, you know, Sully Davis arrives. They've got to rip him off him and, uh, we see, you know, Davis's facial expressions when it comes to seeing it, kind of, you know, going back to him basically saying about how, you know, Bosco was right. I think kind of at this point he's sort of watching him do this going, okay, maybe he wasn't right because, you know, he's just savagely bashing a person, you know, police brutality at that point. And, um, yeah, it's very good. Very well acted. Jason Wiles does a fantastic job. Uh, kind of being really angry and, you know, let me go, let me go. Like really going off at him. And, um, yeah, like as you kind of said, when they go back to the locker room, um, you know, Yokus is like, what? That was about me out there, wasn't it? And, uh, you know, Bosco, as you said, kind of says, you know, you knew I was going to give him a beating and I did give him a beating. So kind of, you know, was that point. And then we get this great scene. We get this great scene between Yokus and Davis. This is probably, I think, maybe their first interaction, is it not? Yokus and Davis. This is sort of a pairing we don't often get. I don't, I think they actually might be out of these four. I don't think we ever see Davis and Yokus ever partnered. So this is kind of, if you're a fan of Davis and Yokus together, this is one of the very few scenes we ever get between the pair. Um, but yeah, it's a great speech by Yokus, kind of, you know, what does Davis say? Like, you know, oh, I don't know what we're doing out there. And then basically, uh, yeah, Yokus says, look, you take a little bit of Bosco, you take a little bit of Sully, you take a little bit, you know, mostly of yourself. Uh, and then, you know, be who you want to be and find out. I, I, it's a great speech. You were right. I think it really does serve to kind of bookend the situation that we've seen, the fact that, you know, we've got disrespectful, you know, perps and disrespectful police officers. Yeah, and I, you know, I agree with that because, I mean, for everyone bad cop, it makes all the good cops look bad, you know? I mean, I mean, as much as the public hates the bad cop, I'm sure the, own, the good cops hate them too because it makes... It's ten times hard to do their job. Yeah. You know, because then no one trusts them. And I met some really decent cops that, like, you know, even to this day, I take myself to police officers, you know, and um, he loves them. I, I told him that there's some good and bad, but, you know, I mean, for the most part, there's some really good cops. And I love how Faith was, like, was just like, you got to take a little bit of Bosco, a little, little, little bit of Davis, and put a whole lot of you in it. And I believe that is so spot on because there's going to be times where you do need to be that, like, not as... Not as far as Bosco had went, but almost to that point, you got to be with that, like that. Some people to know, like, because some people out there really are violent; they're dangerous. And then there's also those who just you got to be like calm because anger is not just you know it's like oil and water; they don't mix, you know. So anger is not gonna help some 
situations where you got to be calm. You completely know? And, agree. Yeah. Completely agree. So it's, it's well done. It closes that off well. And I will say, the, the, kind of the only real two bits here that we sort of haven't touched on in terms of just the end, I mean, I sort of really gelled over Bobby and Kim, but I mean, we get this great bit with Bobby at the end. You know, he we meet Maddie for the well, second time. We saw him in jail, didn't we? Off the bus, he's trying to pick up this woman. And what does Bobby say? Like, she's a little bit old for you, don't you think? And he says, like, after 12 months, I'd hump an 80-year-old granny. <laughs> so I was a bit like that. And then, uh, you know, he wants steak. He wants decent sleep. Uh, you know, he's like not on the couch. Oh, I'll fight you for it. And what does he say? Like, oh, pumping iron eight hours a day for the last 12 months? You know, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, I do like that. It's a good little scene. And then also the, the Maggie Sully scene at the end. Um, you know, they've gone to the, the movie. They're, you know, talking about the weather and then you know they want to do it again basically and you know next time no subtitles i find it interesting the maggie sully stuff because look spoiler alert they don't get together this is just kind of just them i guess bonnie's more about sully i guess he's a bit lonely and i guess you know so is maggie because you know she's lost a husband she's got a son but it's it's kind of it's just there's no payoff to it like it's kind of interesting just watching it still from this point knowing that nothing comes of this so yeah i think it's more of a deep deeper thing than just them getting together i think it's just also shown like you know, she she lost her husband. You know, there was his dad. You know, in a line of fire, and now her son is doing it. So I think it's like Sally's a way of connecting. You know, on a deeper level of her. With, like, you know, because he's lonely, but she's also like back into. She was out of his police life for you know for a while. I don't know how long her his dad's been dead, but she's been out of it for a while. And suddenly she's thrust back into being a you know not a, a police officer's wife, but you know, basically a mom of a police officer now. And so it's pretty cool to see follow out and it gives us some more background and yeah it's one of those nicer sizes solid we don't get to see as much i love it yeah i, I do agree. love I agree. That. that's a cool way of looking at it so that closes out this episode essentially that's uh that's impulses uh impulse i should say no plural at the end of it so uh what are we doing with this brandy are we buying it renting it or binning it i would rent it rent it i would rent it i would rent it i mean i do love the speech of by faith you know i that's a quote I would actually actually put on my wall if I could. Like, if I can somehow print that out. That's a good quote, you know, what she said. But, I mean, I would rent it, yeah. Because, I mean, for me, it wasn't as, like, deep or, deep or emotional. Like, really had, like, it was, like, major to me. So, yeah. What about you? I would agree. I think, yeah. I mean, look, tempted to almost buy. Like, I do like the whole kind of contrasting policing storylines that kind of really come to a point i think that's very well done but i I just kind of taking that aside it's kind of just the the jimmy stuff is random and just it's like hey cool you know let's put this in there for the sake of jimmy getting a story like i'd rather jimmy be involved in more of a fire than just rescuing a kid from a tree uh i mean look the the carlos doc stuff is also very deep and it kind of i guess really pushes more of a a morales side of things to kind of humanize her a little bit um because it's interesting like yes you touched on with carlos like we get a bit of human human side to him in this episode. We get a little bit of it in the next episode with him too. But it's kind of, I guess, the thing with Carlos, which it's this kind of sounds a weird way of putting it. It's like we slowly get a bit of human to him, but then they really trash on that moving forward for a long period of time. Which don't get me wrong, is great. I love when we get really asshole Carlos, and then they kind of switch it back to humanizing him later on. So it's kind of. It's, it just feels a bit wasted knowing what we're going to get from him only to come back to the side does. of him. So that's just my only point with it. Like, I see what they're doing, but yeah. No, I'm happy you touched on that because I was thinking about that not too long ago because when I was watching the episodes, and I was like, you know, it's crazy because, like, I, it kind of makes you confused to, like, when we get this nice Carlos because 
when you see it, you're thinking like, okay, Carlos is growing, but then he goes ten times, he goes like takes ten steps back, you know, and so it is kind of it's like a tease in a way. Yeah, it's interesting, <laughs> so. but it's um, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously get to all that. So there you go, we both rent it. Uh, next episode we're looking at is called History of the World. Uh, we've got a lot of Thanksgiving to look forward to. Brandy, we've got Bosco by himself, Faith with a family. And we get a bit of a uh, Davis and, and Sully uh, conflict. So it's it's another good episode. Stay tuned for it. Stay tuned for this episode. You don't want to miss it. I mean, this one gets me emotional just thinking about it, actually, because I can relate to this episode so much. And I, there's so many people out there who can relate to it, especially during the holidays. So, I mean, stay tuned. Don't miss it. It's the history of the world. And it's going to be a good one. Very much so. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, check us out. We're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, the Oz Network. Search for us on there. Subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever good podcasts are downloaded. And as always, uh, please leave us some feedback. You can rate us and we appreciate the comments that we do have. And um, again, going back to what I mentioned at the top of the show, really appreciate all the uh, the, the strong downloads. Definitely uh, getting a lot more than we ever anticipated so we uh, hope you're enjoying these as we go along the way but until we next speak again for episode 8 history of the world my name is ben and this has been an episode i can't think of a closing one you you, you should have a better one there brandy i don't know <laughs> i will just say and i'm brandy <laughs> as you know simple so my name all awkward. <laughs> but and you can't baby proof the universe <laughs> but like ben said we can try <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.